welcome to Cellar Dive episode number 18 of Brutal Battle. We are still trying to work beers out of the cellar <laughs> because we still have so many. And when you get down there and you really dig in, you find some pretty old stuff. Most of it, well, at this point, pretty much all of it should hold up. There may be a thing here or there that we think should hold up. It doesn't end up holding up. But hopefully the four beers we've picked for this episode have held up. Uh, some of them were pretty old, pretty old. But it's weird how once you put a beer in a cellar, how time passes. You know, like, it, it literally feels like the beers we pulled out for this episode, I only put them in, like, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. It's been more than that. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely been more than that. I guess that's just what happens when you get older and time just passes faster, especially when it comes to the beers you're aging. So... Much like with the typical Cellar Dive episodes, we're doing this in two pieces, and I'm just going to edit it together, because we're doing large format bottles, and we don't want to rush through these or end up dumping any of them unless they taste bad, so we want to be able to relax and enjoy them afterwards. So, two recordings for us, but for you, it'll just be one episode and just mash together. All right, so, the first beer was Rebecca's Choice, and she can tell you about this beer. Okay. Because we are competing, remember. Oh, yeah. It's a competition. Yes. So this is from 2017. It's the Hibernal... Fluxus. Fluxus. A Saison Milk Stout by Allagash. And it is 7.5%. And it's, yeah, from 2017 when we were up there. So this... Yeah, we got it. Yeah, not from our local liquor store at Allagash. And I believe we picked this up because we liked it a lot because it was on tap. And you were like, I want to take a bottle of this home. So mm-hmm. it's been sitting for about four years now in the bottle. So let's see how it is. This is cork and caged in a 750 milliliter bottle. I always like to do it with like a towel because gripping the cork can kind of hurt. I feel like the towel gives it extra. So just oh, this little... is the bottle type of bottle you hate. Oh, yeah. With the ro- the giant rolled lip to it. Yeah, I hate that. It definitely makes it harder for pouring. It really does. Well, you better get that. You can use the towel for the pouring, oh, too. Oh, that's true. I'll, ta- I'll pour over the towel that I used for the for the cork. Um, there was there was an okay amount of cats, oh, cats, cats on, on the, the move. move. Oh, she wants... Oh. She's smelling the beer. <laughs> Literally smelling the beer as it's being poured. Oh, man, there's a lot of head on that. A lot of head on that. You know, granted, I don't pour it to try and, like, not agitate it. I actually kind of pour it to try to agitate it because we're old and you don't want extra CO2 if you don't have to have it. Because otherwise it makes you all bloated and gassy for lack of being coy about it. Um, Okay, so, yeah, there's a massive head on top of this. So, hopefully it's not over-carbonated because we would be able to taste that in it. Um, But... It looks like a stout, but it's Star a Saison milk stout. Saison milk stout. And there's probably flavor text on this, so I'll look for that after we have it and see what we should have gotten on it. Smell-wise, it smells really light. Yeah, it smells um, milk chocolate and ashy. Yeah, I, I would say that those are the most pronounced uh, aromatics, for sure. I'm getting a little bit of a flowery note on the nose slightly floral and there's a bit of a sweetness and like a tinge of like a honey sweetness in additional to like a malt sweetness it's like malt sweetness and some honey sweetness along with 
that little bit of milk chocolate, that ash, and that floral note. So there's a decent amount going on, but it also smells very light. Mm -hmm. Like, super light. You smell the saison aspect of it? Not really. I'm getting a little soy sauce. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, I could see that. It's very faint, but it's definitely there. Yeah. That's about it. Once again, it's a pretty light note. So when we're saying that we're smelling all these things in it, it's not like it's like punching us in the nostrils with these. We're really needing to kind of concentrate to pull these aromatics out. Okay. It's really light on the flavor. Ooh. Yeah, it's super light. I feel like I get a, a significant amount of that ashy note coming through. Yeah. Yeah, the body to it. Is very thin. Yeah. But it's not too much that I feel like it's inappropriate. I agree. I normally don't like a thin mouthfeel in my stouts, but I'm not minding this for some reason, and I don't know why. I think it's because it it's ending with this light, crisp, refreshing note, which seems weird for something that's heavy on the malt like this and has, like, an ashy note to it that there's a lot more ash in the finish than in every every other portion of the sip, um, it works. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good. I guarantee it tastes relatively, like, pretty different than when it's fresh. But it held up pretty well, I think. I mean, not necessarily with what the initial flavors were, but it held up well in the aspect of it's still a drinkable, tasty enough beer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like I get a little of that floral note. I did not. I'm not getting a ton of chocolatiness to it. I no. get a little bit, but it's more of a dark chocolate in the flavor. It's more that chalky, ashy. Mm-hmm. It's um, predominantly that with like some malty sweetness mm-hmm. and a little bit of that honey sweetness I said I was getting in the nose. There is a Saison aspect that I'm tasting, like a Saison yeast aspect to it. But that is also pretty low because of the... very low. Well, and that's, I think, because of what the ashiness is doing with it. Um, yeah, the darker flavor notes are kind of covering it up a lot, but it's there. Uh, I think I think the thing I like about this is it's very easy to drink, in my opinion. It's got good flavor, but it's easy to drink. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I like it. Yeah, I think it's good. Ooh. And it's not overcarbonated either. No, like I thought a, it, it looked like it was going to be, but it, it's not. Yeah, thankfully. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm down. I'm I'm good with it. So we'll have to uh, when we as we finish this bottle after we we are done recording, we'll have to reminisce about our wonderful time at Allagash because that was so much fun when we were there. Oh, that's good. And if people want to know about that, you can check it out because we had an episode from 2017 when we came back. And we recapped what that was like. Um, so you can just search on BrutalBattle.com or through Archive.org. If you just search uh, Allagash, it should end up coming up sometime in 2017. I remember that guy who was there making his clam chowder? I totally forgot about that until you just said it. Oh, yeah, really? So, yeah, so it was like a... <clears throat> It was like a hot dog cart, Off basically. Off the back of his car. Yeah, it was kind of like a hot dog cart, but it was for clam chowder, and it was pretty it was awesome good. chowder. Yeah, I remember eating that and just, like, drinking a bunch of sample sizes of Allagash beers mm, for outside. probably too long. Yeah. 
We, I mean, honestly, I remember us feeling like we could hang out at Allagash all day. Yeah. Like, all day. And that was, like, the, our first brewery of the day. Yeah. But then we also left. We left and we hit up um, Foundation. Definitive. Battery. And Battery Steel. Steel. Battery, Battery Steel. Steel. And. Wasn't it Definitive? Is that what it was called? Maybe. Something like that. I don't know. It was three of them that were within walking distance. But we were carrying all the beers that we bought at oh, Allagash. That, that got really I just remember by the time we got back into our Uber from all the breweries we went to and we got beer at all of them, we were just were like loaded down with beer. I know. It was <laughs> legitimately hurting my arms and it was like a big pain. Oh, I did say I was going to see, read if there were any flavor notes on this, which there are. Okay. We, we release Hibernal Fluxus yearly in the winter time. So this isn't quite four years in the bottle. Uh, because Fluxus is, Fluxus is Latin for change, we brew each year's batch with a completely different recipe, making for a new beer every year. This year's version harmoniously blends two different styles, a saison and a milk stout, making for a silky dark beer with a hint of spice. Hmm. I guess that's where that kind of floral note was coming Maybe. from. In appearance, this beer is all stout. Its black body and brown foam are the result of a grain bill containing two-row malted barley, multiple roasted malts, Munich malt, and local oats from Aurora Mills and uh, and Farm. Two notes of coffee and chocolate, not really much of the coffee mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, the Saison yeast adds mild tropical fruit esters and a rustic spice. The addition of rich lactose sugar is tempered by the beer's lightly bitter finish. A lot of those notes did not remain. Yeah. But it still tastes good. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so my first beer is by a brewery I don't think we've ever had on the podcast before, and they are Hangar 24 Craft Brewery, and they're out of Redlands, California. Uh, this beer is their barrel roll, the hammerhead version of their barrel roll. Now, this is a barley wine-style ale aged in rye whiskey and bourbon barrels. And this is the 2015 vintage, so this is about six years in the bottle, and it is 13.9%. Oh, wow. So high. Um, One of the reasons I grabbed this one is not just because it's in our cellar, but we don't have a whole lot of barley wines on the podcast. so I normally don't like barley wines, but we'll see. All right, so here we go. Jesus. Kind of felt like that cork was extra long. It is extra long. Look at this cork. Sorry, it fell on the ground. Oh, it is long. That's an extra long cork. Here, I'm going to grab it. Look at this. Compared to the other one. Where's the other one? Yeah. It's got like an extra three three quarters inch on it. Not three quarters. One quarter. One quarter? I think it's one quarter. It's more than that. We should measure it and see who's right. No. That sounds dumb. <laughs> People don't want to know that. People aren't that interested, I'm sure. I'm we really can, We excited. can do it off podcast. I'm just curious. Okay. All right. Fine. We'll do it off podcast. And if people really want to know, you can email us at BrutalBattlePodcast.com, and I will remember to tell you what happened. I'm really excited about this because I like the idea of the rye whiskey and bourbon barrel. could be awesome. Okay, it is brownish, reddish. Yeah. Well, more brownish, orangish. Yeah, I was going to say reddish. A little bit of bubbles hanging out on top, but relatively small. 
Oh man, it smells strong. Swir- yeah, you swirl it up and you just see how it's got legs coming down. It's slowly coming down the side of the glass. It smells so boozy. It does smell boozy. There's like a prune smell to it that drop that jumps out at me. I'm getting like brown sugar, caramel. Yeah. Brown sugar, caramel, prune. Um, there's a good woodiness in the nose, in my opinion, as well. I could see that. Probably from the barrels. But yeah, there's there's like another fruit. It's like golden raisins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically golden raisins, because it's not like that deep, uh, that like darker sweet smell of regular raisins. It's kind of like a golden raisin. This is the smell, I think, of fruitcake. Sure, yeah. I can agree with that. And it's got honey to it. It smells honey-like. It smells relatively sweet, potentially overly sweet, unfortunately. For 13.9, though, on the nose, I don't think the alcohol bite in the nose is as strong as I think it could be. So that's good. I just took my first sip. It is woody. Ooh. Isn't it woody? Yeah. It really is. It might be one of the more woody beers I've had. Ooh. It's also very bitter on the finish. Don't you, you think, think so? Hmm. I can it has tell. a lot of wood. Yeah, it's so woody. It's like there's. It's like I'm drinking splinters, basically. Yeah. It's kind of the big characteristic, and I I taste the booze. I definitely can tell it's super boozy. I wonder if a large part of that that like heavy woodiness is just coming from the age factor on this beer. If maybe it would be more vibrant with kind of like the brown sugar and maybe some vanilla notes and stuff like that. If it was younger, mm-hmm. if we dr- you know drank it fresher. Yeah, it's very woody. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Pretty boozy. Gotta be honest, I'm not sure I'm really feeling this. It's just... It's got a pretty... A very, a very serious bitter finish, too. Yeah, it's... it's not a lot going on. It's kind of just the wood and the bitter... And, and there's some and boozy, and Wood there's a little, booze. and it's a little sweet. Yeah, no, it's definitely sweet, it, it, but it's coming off as like a honey sweet. There isn't like a, it's not like a nice malty sweet or anything yeah, like I that. Yeah, I don't really care for it. Yeah, I don't think it's really aged well. Let's be honest. I, I, yeah, I don't think it aged well. So round one, I won. <laughs> We're not doing it in rounds. It's, it's as a whole, but. Well, I know what your other beer is you picked, so you're probably gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> because that one should be quite good, but okay. Well, without much ado, we'll just move into beer number three. Own, and it is a just says malt beverage aged on Palo Santo wood. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before that like different states have different uh, rules as far as how beverages are categorized, and I think Delaware probably I don't know if it's still that way, but at least when this was brewed. This particular bottle was brewed that if it hits a certain ABV, it has to be called malt beverage and can't be called beer. I can't. And this is 2016? Is yeah. that what I said? January. Sometime in January uh, in 2016. Actually, it says it's a brown ale. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Um, and obviously, this is done in Palo Santo wood tanks that we've actually talked about on the episode where we were doing our recap of going to Dogfish Head and 
interviewing Sam Calagione, which you can search for on our website or through archive.org. So just put in Sam Calagione or Dogfish Head, you'll find it. But, um, yeah, so this is like five and a half years, basically, in the bottle. So hopefully it's good. Dogfish Head beers, the high ABV ones, do have a really good track history of maintaining over time. Did I say the ABV? I think you did, but if you didn't, 12%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they have a really good track history with their high ABV beers of staying good. Oh, I almost started pouring me first. Got pee. Pour you first. Pour me first. So I can pour too much. I can get to looking. It's dark. Yeah, this is... Got a nice bubbly tan head. And I will say, anytime we have this beer or it comes up in any sort of conversation or I see anything about it online... I always just think about the smell mm-hmm. when we went into the room with those Palo Santo wood tanks. Because it's a very strong particular smell that is wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, yes. It just looks dark. So Imperial yeah. Brown, basically. Sure. Some bubbles sitting on top. Relatively medium in size. Medium to large. It smells so good. It smells like that Palo Santo wood. Ooh. Yeah, it does. But there's, there is a little soy sauce. And a little sweetness. A little soy sauce, yeah, a little sweetness to it. A little chocolatey. Yeah, but it's so, it's the, the main smell is that wood. Yeah. And it's actually, really I would argue there's a bit of a caramel on the nose. It's funny, I was gonna, when I said sweet, I wanted to say caramel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also do smell a little bit of something that I hate getting in beers, which is Black olive. Olives. No, green olive. Green olive. It's green olive. <laughs> Whenever I just what's going on? Whenever I take some, so many like deep sniffs, I cough. It's weird. Um, although any any smell of olive in a beer or any smell of olive in anything is a, is more than enough to be terrible for me because I hate olives. That's just the, my thing. But hopefully that's not in the flavor. I'm assuming it won't be. I don't think it's in the flavor. It's very easy. It is. It's soft. That's way too easy for 12. And here's the thing. With a lot of higher ABV beers, when they just sit in the bottle over time, the alcohol perception has a tendency to come up. So the fact that this is not super, like you're not able to hyper perceive the ABV, it's pretty impressive. You definitely get the wood. I'm Mm -hmm. definitely getting a lot of the caramel, like we mentioned. Yeah. It's also almost like there's a, there is a little vanilla mixing in with that caramel mm-hmm, I note. I can see that. But yeah, it's a lot of wood. A lot of wood to it, which is a great thing because... The, yeah, that's, it's not like great. drinking splinters like that last beer we mm-hmm. had. This no, is no, like no. a tasty flavor of wood. Right. Well, and if you've ever tasted a beer from Palo Santo wood or smelled Palo Santo wood then you know that it's a very nice smell. It's a very nice flavor that it imparts on beers. So when you say that it's strong and it's from Palo Santo, that's definitely a good thing. It's a good note to have. So there is a little bit of a chocolatey note to it as well, but it's way more of the wood. It's way more of the caramel, excuse me, caramel with a little bit of vanilla. So based off that, I mean, it's a great beer still. It's a great beer when it's fresh. It's a great beer what, five and a half years later in the bottle. I think that's our last one we had yeah, in our cellar. So yeah, we have some other Dogfish Head beers down there. Mm-hmm. But 
they'll probably make it on other Cellar Dive episodes at some point. Yeah, I actually remember when this is fresh, it's more boozy, I feel like. Um, what I remember. Yeah, I could, yeah, I think you're right from what I remember as well. That's a good point. Um, I, and I think based off of your Hibernal Fluxus and your Palisanto Maroon, unless my last beer is like unbelievably phenomenal, I'm probably, I yeah, I'm probably lost. Also, a side note to people, if you hear like rustling around throughout the episode, it's because we gave our cat new tissue paper. She loves to play in tissue paper. So, um, yeah, that's what that noise is. There's never an episode where Chloe doesn't have a little cameo. Yeah, she's she's always got to be involved and stuff. Okay, so here's my last beer. I really hope this is good. This was a gift from Mike Johnzak. Wow. Yeah, if people remember him from the show. It's been a while. Um, And he brought this to us. And this came in a box. You know, one of those rare, like, single bottle boxes that beers come in very rarely. And this is by Hoftendor Mall, which Hoftendor Mall is out of, well, this is imported by 12% LLC out of Brooklyn, New York. But Hoftendor Mall, I think, is out of Belgium initially, or originally. I'm pretty sure. And this is their uh, Grappa, it's Belgian dark ale aged in Grappa sour red barrels. And this is the 2015 Vintage. It is 12% alcohol as well. And this is a limited edition bottle that is limited to only 1,440 bottles total. Hmm. So that's not a whole lot. Um, and this is part of their Hof 10 Dormal barrel aged project. So, yeah. And it's in a 12, uh, or I'm sorry, three, uh, three, 750 milliliter bottle with a cork in a cage once again. So, Three of the bottles in this episode were cork and cage, so here we go. Once again, I'm doing, for grip purposes, going to have a towel on it. Also, if things decide to get messy, which nope. does not appear to be happening. So I'm very, although you see the little bit of, like, condensation smoke, mm-hmm. like cold smoke coming out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. I love it. And this also has one of those bottles I hate, the gigantic rolled lip on the top. Why? We don't need that. It makes it harder to pour. I'm sure someone's listening and being like, I never have a problem with that, Carlin. Everyone's probably like, Which, that's legitimate. That's fine. I do. I have a problem. It's a pet peeve of mine. Here we go. Okay. It looks red. Yeah, it's like reddish brown. Yeah. But, you know, well, reddish brownish, orangish. Yeah. Okay. A decent amount of head sitting on top of it, mixture between very small, medium, and large bubbles. Kind of runs the gamut. It doesn't, for like a higher ABV beer when you swirl it up, it doesn't come down the side slowly. Hmm. It does go a lot faster than you would assume for that ABV, which is interesting. Okay. Smell it. It just smells so tart. It like makes my mouth pucker. I feel like it smells like a Flanders red. Yes, it does. I mean, doesn't it? It yes, just it smells like a sour red ale. Flanders red, Flemish red, whatever. Yeah. Flanders ale. I'm getting some grape. Yeah, I, I I can definitely see the grape, but it just so much of it just reminds me of a Flanders red. It smells juicy. I like the tartness on it. It's it's a decent amount when you first sniff it, but when you keep sniffing it, you start to get more depth to it. 
And that tartness is starting to become a little less sharp, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Getting like some, um, like raspberry. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that. Raspberry maybe mixed with a little cherry in there as well. It does smell really nice. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I don't know what straight grappa tastes like or smells like, so maybe I'm getting some grappa barrel, and I don't know it. I do smell a little woodiness, too, which you usually do get with Flanders Reds, which I think is also part of adding to that me feeling like it's a Flanders Red nose experience. It's a lot more fruity than I thought it would be. Ooh. That's not as tart. No. It's real fruity. Yeah, that, that's like a medium-low tartness. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, super low, like, you know the tartness is there, but it's also not very aggressive. It's a lot lighter than in the nose. Yeah, and it lets those fruit notes kind of take the lead and really, really shine, like that little bit of raspberry mixed with a little cherry. And that tartness is imparting a slight bit of lemon. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Yeah, it's good. I, I, I do like it. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I do. That's really good. Um, it's really easy. Very flavorful, yet easy. It kind of reminds me of, in a way, the same with the Allagash Hibernal Fluxus, where it's, you know, it's a darker beer, but it's also very easy, and but yet flavorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I really like this. Mm-hmm. This is really good. Hmm. Do you get any grape? Grapey? Anything? Because maybe I do. I get a decent amount of wood. I will say that. Like I was saying, there's a decent amount of wood in the smell. There is a decent amount of wood in the flavor, too. But I like that. Because I think it's going really well with the bitterness that's in the end, which is low. And the tartness, it kind of like helps with the tartness, I feel like. I feel like I am getting some grape. Yeah. Yeah, like a little white wine type Mm -hmm. character. Okay. Okay. This is good. Mm. I really, yeah, I really enjoy that. Mm. Are we ranking these? I did. I think there's some extra info on this bottle, actually. I just want to read it real quick. Uh, Experience with us the wealth of European fine ales and spirits in a new way. The sourness of our own sour strain and the sweetness of the grappa give an excellent combination to degestate? Degestate? Hmm. Is that a state of digesting? I don't know. Aged for 14 months, apparently. Okay. Yeah. So over a year, aged before it went into the barrel, or before it went into the bottle. So this is, what, six years in the bottle and 14 months? So it took a long time. This beer has been around. Yeah. really been around. Okay, so ranking uh, for me is going to be a little... I think I know what I want to do, though. I think I'm, I think I'm ready. Okay, go ahead. So, I'll first say I think you won. I think so, too. I think you won overall. And the main reason being, well, my number four is the barrel roll. The barrel roll, number four, Hammerhead by Hangar 24 Craft Brewery, which is the barley wine style ale, aged in rye whiskey, and bourbon barrels. It's just, It's too old. You know, like, it didn't hold up over time. It's mainly just wood and weird sweetness. Like gross wood. Yeah, it's not. It's not that great. 
My number three, tasting good and very light. Even though it doesn't taste like it's supposed to fresh, it still tastes good. The Allagash Hibernal Fluxus, which is the Saison Milk Stout. My number three is going to be the Dogfish Head Palo Santo Maroon, which is the basically Imperial Brown Ale aged in Palo Santo wood. And then that means my number one is the Hof Ten Dormal Belgian Dark Ale aged in Grappa Sour Red Barrels from 2015. Um, that's really good, and I didn't expect it to be as restrained as it is and as fruit-forward as it is, as Rebecca pointed out. So that's my number one. Very impressive. Okay. I'm similar. Okay. Number four is the Barrel Roll. Yep. Number three is the Hibernal Fluxus. Yep. Number two is the Grappa Sour Red. Okay. And number, and number one. one is Palo Santo. Yeah. I kind of figured that's the way you were going to do it. And I will say for me, it was pretty close between the Grappa Barrel Sour and the Palo Santo because they're both really good. So, yeah, I'm excited to finish these yeah, two off. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, very, very into that. So, uh, we're... Taking things out of our cellar more and more, so we may be doing more of these cellar dive episodes because we're really trying to work that down because we don't want to end up with many instances like we had with the, that barrel roll where I feel like we just held it too long. So I really don't want to have too many beers that we're holding any longer. So um, yeah, we got to work this stuff down so you may be getting more of these episodes. But thank you everyone for checking these out. We do appreciate it. Uh, real quick, do us a favor, rate us and review us on whatever podcatcher you use. iTunes helps us the most. Um, you can check out the website and back episodes, BrutalBattle.com, or just by searching Brutal Battle on archive.org, because that's where we host our files. Uh, you can follow me and Rebecca on, on, on Untapped. I am Carlin C. or Carlin Cook. She is Rebecca C. Uh, I'm on Twitter at I'm just at Brutal Battle or Carlin at Brutal Battle on there. Uh, word of mouth is a huge thing. And then Instagram, Brutal Battle Podcast. Okay. So that's all the stuffs. Thank you, everyone, for checking this out. We're going to enjoy finishing these beers. And until next time, keep it brutal. Brutal.